You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Racing App, in partnership with FitzDares. Hi and welcome to the show. It is Wednesday the 28th of February. Still very wintry, no sign of spring here in TW11. Following up from yesterday's news regarding Constitution Hill, the latest statement from his trainer Nicky Henderson is this. Following up on this morning's situation with Constitution Hill, the sample from his tracheal wash has shown a small increase in the number of neutrophils, which indicates a respiratory infection. Significant, far from drastic. Start a course of antibiotics immediately. We plan to rescope him on Friday in order to monitor which way this is going. Both our own vet and the racecourse vet we definitely have a chance of correcting this in time we have a fortnight to work him it is possible so we'll keep everyone notified accordingly he's absolutely fine with him in himself we've simply got to get on top of this issue as quickly as possible jane mangan is my guest today rte and racing tv broadcaster covered this in part yesterday right on the stroke of when this gallop was taking place jane bit of time for the dust to settle bit of reaction what are your key questions there's not really key questions. It's been debated since the news broke. I was at a preview last night. Ted Walsh was there. Ted says he's seen this before. Uh, he's seen it with uh, Vautour and a number of other horses. I suppose the first thing that needs to be appreciated is the transparency of the yard. The communication from Nicky Henderson has been top class. And the fact that it has happened in a piece of work and essentially not in the champion hurdle itself. So they've identified it at a crucial point. And I thought just from watching the little video that we all saw online, uh, Nicod Bondle basically essentially pulled him up. So he didn't he didn't actually end up getting a terribly difficult piece of work knowing that the horse wasn't himself. That would have left a mark if you had somebody who had pressed buttons on a horse that was ill or suffering from an infection. That would have left a mark and that would have been even more detrimental. So there is there is a chance for everybody who's flocking to bet against him, uh, presuming he won't run, just remember new approach in the Epsom Derby. These these horses can recover. And the, the, the main fact also to remember is at this stage of their preparation for the Cheltenham Festival, they're raced fit. So they're the fine the fine tweaks are left. He's not going to come back next week after missing a couple of days' work and be unfit. That's the key point as well for people to remember. So uh, lots to lots to to digest but i suppose nick you, you'll have a catalog of information in your head this isn't unprecedented this has happened no, before it has happened before i'm the most celebrated example of this and i was reminded of this yesterday by by graham cunningham when we were chatting uh, and the most celebrated example of this i think he and i were working together on the day was the 2005 cheltenham gold cup and a horse who'd been very much out two weeks before the race uh, and then was very much in in a very similar circumstances, though perhaps without quite the level of uh, yesterday's uh, enforced transparency. I say enforced transparency because, of course, it was all carried out in front of the media and a load of television cameras. Um, the horse was kicking king. The trainer was Tom Taff. And I put a call into him today to recall the events of 2005. Um, I took him away to work in Punchestown one morning and he worked very poorly. We back our heads very low. Uh, the scope was dirty. Um, vet said, you know, we can treat him, but it's most unlikely that he'd make any gold cup. And that was fine. We we treated him straight away. And I was going to Navan races on the Saturday. And whatever way the car wheels spun anyway on the gravel, he was in a paddock. I took off across the paddock with his tail up and galloping around. 
And I just said, he can't be that sick if he's doing that. So anyway, I spoke to the vet that afternoon. I wrote him up myself for the next five, six days. And we decided then that the weekend before Cheltenham, we took him to Nays Racecourse for a simple mile and two gallop. Uh, it was really just to let him run three furlongs because he was fit already. And we did that. We scoped him afterwards and he was clean. And I can remember the relief. Uh, took him home, put him in the paddock. And as I let him into the paddock, Henrietta Knight rang me to tell me that best mate was out of the gold cup. So that's quite a mouthful in, 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 if you like. But that's what happened uh, and uh, then Kicking King went across and showed his well-being prior to in a few days, and he won the Gold Cup. He did. So it is all possible. Uh, and you sparked a bit of controversy as well, didn't you, Tom? Because the horse had gone out to 999 to 1 on, on Betfair because you told everyone he, he wasn't running, and then suddenly um, the, the odds began to shorten rather dramatically. When I rang the, the lads to tell them that the horse had scoped good and whatever, and they were happy, so they started playing away, backing him, and hence the, the odds started to tumble. Um, and uh, and then obviously Best Mate, as I said, had come out with that announcement as well. So everything happened very, very quickly on that particular morning. And uh, uh, no two people are the same, how they get over things. But it is possible. Um, and uh, it, it's up to how the horse responds to what Nicky is doing with him. And the horse will tell Nicky and all of the people in racing whether he's able to compete or he's not. Nobody else will, you know. And just in terms of a course of antibiotics like this, this close to a race, you presumably you've you've only got so many days where you could you could give those. Hundred percent. There's a cut off time on all the all medications and whatever, and Nicky would be very well aware of that. So they would have been pretty severe on him, I'm sure, for the first couple of days, and hope that he got a, a dosage in and it was taking effect because then they'll have to cut off. There'll be a cut off point, um, and they'll they'll be very mindful of that, you know. That was Tom Taft, Jane, and a fairly clear indication as to how the price tumbled before anyone actually figured out that Kicking King was was back in. Yeah, um, look, I suppose difference between now and then, and if it happened today, there would be consternation. Um, but it is believe me, it is. There, there was consternation then as well. Plenty it also it. It, it also sounds like he was lucky that he spotted the horse as well and it, it all it all fell together nicely but the, the key point is a horse can recover especially a horse that has such innate natural ability so let's see Nikki Henderson has won nine champion hurdles so let's just keep keep it all grounded and what what I was what I was so uh, fascinated by last night, again at the preview, uh, was the amount of people who are willing to take on Stateman. Oh, seven pounds, lossy mouth. Um, Irish Point, he'll put it up to him. Like, Stateman's, bar last year's champion hurdle, he's never been beaten in open company. He's won the guts of it. I think he's won eight, eight or nine grade ones. And like, he's a horse that's deceiving because he only does enough do you want me to, I, do you want to clear that should we clear this up for you jane um because there's I no love point. a bit of clarity all right well there's no point saying that lossie mouse is going to beat state man uh receiving seven pounds unless she's actually turning up against state man receiving seven pounds so our old friend joe chambers racing manager to Susanna and rich ritchie is lossie mouth going to appear in the champion hurdle now there's a doubt surrounding constitution hill not not at the moment um it would, i think i said to you a couple of months ago it would take a couple of actor gods for that to happen and um we haven't even quite had one so um 
we'll just keep our head down and do what we were initially thinking to do. Okay, so Mayor's Hurdle for Lossy Mouth. And what about the Gold Cup? Monkfish, Willie Mullins suggested in his recent press tour that uh, our favourite horse, the podcast's favourite horse, might actually be bound for the big one. That's um, What do you take from that? Uh, take from it that he's very happy with the well-being of the animal, which is the most encouraging thing, given given who he is. Um, you know, our inclination and Willie's immediately after the Galmoy was the stairs hurdle. So let's see what happens. It'd be um, he's he's achieved a fair few things in his career, but um, I think jumping a fence for the first time in public after three plus years in the Gold Cup would be um, would be probably a new notch in his bow. Well, but I guess you just you just go wherever wherever you're told. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Rich is quite keen on the stairs hurdle. He thinks it's a more open race. Um, so we're not, we're, we're certainly not there yet in terms of the Gold Cup, and we have not spoken about it. So I would not be, um, I, I would not be laying claim that a decision has definitely been made one way or another at, the, at this point. How are your numbers looking? Do you think? Um, probably we might get to ten. Um, lost him out being the flagship. Monkfish will be there. Gaelic Warriors going to run. Don't ask me where. Um, and then we'll have a few novices that'll you know have sporting chances at big prices uh, in the novice hurdles. Um, good old charge will turn up in maybe in the plate or in the um, in the arkle. And by any stock, he'll have a squeak in the county hurdle. Um, so you know, we're, I think Rich came out with the line last week. He says we're sending them, and we don't think any will embarrass us leaving. So let's see what happens when they get there. All right, where would you like to run Gaelic Warrior? Uh, fairy House. <laughs> Oh, very good. Uh, but I've been told in no uncertain terms that he's traveling. Okay. Well, I guess I guess it's Arkel or Turner's, is it? Yeah, I'm assuming so, yes. But I genuinely have no opinion on it. Good man. Joe, thanks so much. No problem. Cheers, bud. All right, sure, but a few answers there, Jane. So no change of plan for Lossy Mouth, which I'm, I'm sure uh, pleases you but won't please other people. And it, it seems as though they're not entirely unhappy with the idea of Monkfish, possibly for the Gold Cup, but the Rich Richie himself is rather keener on the idea of the stayers hurdle. Yeah. Um, look, th- that horse has always had the dream of the Gold Cup, and I'd love to see him running it. But if you look at closely at this year's Gold Cup, it's a vintage renewal. If Gallopin Deschamps, Faster Slow, Shishkin, Jerry Colomb, Lom Presse, Hewick, Cork Rambler, or Brave Man's Game won the Gold Cup. You actually, you wouldn't be surprised. Like, you wouldn't be coming away from the race thinking, God, that was an average renewal. This this is a deep race. And look, they can do what they want with, with Monkfish because I'd say every race is a bonus. I'd say every race that he contests is a bonus. He was brilliant at Gorn on really heavy ground. But all the way along, he was bought to be Gold Cup horse, and let's see what they do. What uh, What about um, uh, Gaelic Warrior? I like that. I said to Joe, "Where would you go?" And he said, "Fairy House." But he apparently is on the on the boat to Cheltenham. I, where do you run him? Do you run him tight, tight, sharp, old course, two miles round to the left, or do you give him a little bit of a chance going two and a half on the new course? Um, I'd say you run him. You're running in Fairy House, as Joe said, but he... Um, <laughs> look, he's, he's getting right. on the boat, by the sounds of it, he, whether they like it or not. on the boat, and look, why not, I suppose, he's... I know he's been beaten at Cheltenham twice, but he's also been second twice. It's not like he's run bad. Um, the the Arkle is probably a race where I'd, I'd say he's the best horse potentially in it. 
uh, if he doesn't throw it away. And uh, that's where I'd be leaning. I'd love just to see him roll over two miles, let him go, because he can burn. He can burn at such a a high cruise. Um, look, we'll see. I, I, I won't pretend to know where William Williams is going to go. I'm actually flabbergasted that he's confirmed already that Factofile is going to go to the Brown Advisory. It must be a near record to, of, of confirming where a horse is going to go before the Chatham Festival. Well, I mean, I think that's a... That's a, good, that's a good target. It's an obvious target, and I think he'll just win that race. But Gaelic Warrior, perhaps then, uh, for the Arkle, uh, given the fact that David Casey on this podcast about three weeks ago after the Dublin Racing Festival, I said, who is your leading Arkle contender now? And there was a pause, and he went, Gaelic Warrior, I guess. And that was after Ilete Ton had beaten Fasal Vega in the Irish Arkle. So on we go. Other questions that you had for me, Jane, surrounded the Rob Core horses, Irish Point, Bob Ollinger. Could he be supplemented back into the champion hurdle? And the two Gold Cup horses, uh, Jerry Colomb and Gentleman's Game. I put in a call to Robbie Power, the racing manager for Rob Core, Brian Atchison's ownership uh, entity. And I began by asking about the champion hurdle and whether Constitution Hill's uncertainty had shuffled the pack. Uh, nothing has changed really at the moment. Um, obviously, that was disappointing about Constitution here yesterday for connections. But um, Irish Point holds an entry in the stairs and the champion hurdle. I suppose we'll, we'll have to sit down and have a talk about the champion hurdle if Constitution Hill is not going there. Um, it'd be nice to split him and Tia Poo up. So we'd, we'd definitely have a, a discussion about whether we'd send Irish Point to the champion hurdle if Constitution Hill wasn't going there. Um, but Bob Ollinger had a was very impressive when he won the Red Keel and the plan has always been entry for him. So he's had a little break since the Dublin Racing Festival. So he definitely won't be supplemented. He wouldn't be ready for the champion hurdle. Okay. Um as far as Irish Point is concerned, is it even if Constitution Hill did turn up, is it is it at all possible that he could go champion hurdle? I mean, it sounds like you are itching to split them. Yeah, I suppose if the ground was very soft uh, on the first day of, of Cheltenham, there, there would be a possibility of, um, of splitting the two of them up. Um, when you've got two horses as good as the two of them, you don't try, you try and split them up if you can. But um, yeah, we'll have, we'll have a think about it, I suppose, after the piece of work that everybody saw yesterday. If there's ever a good time to take on Constitution Hill, this is probably it. So um, we'll have to see. But I, I would have full faith in Nicky Henderson that he could probably get him back as well. So um We'll see what happens over the next uh, sort of 10 days to, and, and see where we're going. Squad looking good. How big do you think it'll be? Uh, I think we'll have probably seven or eight. Um, but yeah, very happy with everything. Slade Steele is, is in great form. He'll probably go for either the Supreme or the Barring Bingham. Um, decision will be made later to the, time, later to the day or closer to the time. So, um, But he seems in very, very good form. And um, obviously then Tiapu and... Uh, Irish Point, we'll see where they go. And then the two horses for the Gold Cup, um, they definitely won't be split up. So uh, hopefully both Jerry Colomb and, and Gentleman's Game get there in good form. All right, that was Robbie Powell. I think, Jane, we can infer from that that there is a slightly greater chance than there was yesterday of Irish Point turning up in the champion hurdle. And even if Constitution Hill does run, if the ground's very soft, they're obviously itching to split their aces up a bit. Yeah, and what a pack of aces they have assembled. My God, when you start going down through those horses. Um, Irish Point, I I'd, I can absolutely see why they'd take their chance in the champion hurdle now because I really fancy Chupo for the stairs. Um, the horse that's forgotten, I suppose, in the Gold Cup, and dare I say we're forgetting a horse of Mouse Morris's for the Gold Cup, but gentleman's game, not seen since Weatherby. Great to have that update on him. I think he's potentially a real each-way player. 
And uh, Jerry Colomb, I suppose, after Down Royal, we all thought he might go straight to Cheltenham. And if he hadn't had the intervening run at Leopardstown, where to me he disappointed, he might be even shorter in the betting. But he, he um, he's coming here fresh. Um, but a credit to Brian Ashton and his team. They have they have an enviable depth of quality assembled for this year's festival. And there were one or two other questions that you wanted clearing up after your Cheltenham Festival preview extravaganza last night. Which one in were? particular, one in particular surrounding a dual previous Cheltenham Festival hero. Uh, I wanted to know where's Flooring Porter going to run and if he's going to run in the National Hunt Chase, who's going to ride him? Right, well, there's no, you're not going to get much help here. Um, here's, uh-huh. Gavin, here's Gavin Cromwell. Uh, I can't answer it. Listen, <laughs> uh, still undecided. Um just very hard very hard to call um, this needs some good form that's the main thing and we won't be making a decision until we have to um, and I don't know which way we're swaying I really okay. don't so it's basically between the stayers hurdle and the, and the national hunt chase is that that's the that's the that's the flip of coin toss it is it is yeah. absolutely um, I know reverting back to hurdles hurdles uh, without a run um, people might think you know, can that be done? But listen, he's a um, he's a very versatile horse. I think a couple of schooling sessions over hurdles, and he'd be fine. Okay, um, and then uh, presumably uh, availability of amateur would that be a would that be a factor in deciding whether or not he went for the chase? Um, listen, we we have a we have a very good amateur book, so um, that's not the that's not the deciding factor. Okay, alrighty. So it's just it's really a question of caliber of opposition. Which race you think he's likely to win, and see how you play the cards when you get close to it. Absolutely, it's all about which race he has the best chance. Okay, um, did see a very nice horse of yours win the other day, Bottler's Secret, um, and you seem to be very sweet on the idea of going for the Triumph Hurdle straight after Nace. Is that is that still in your mind with a couple of days to let the dust settle? I'd say we're unlikely to go. Okay. He's come out of Nace fine, but I just think it might be a step too far. Um, you know, first half of the race the other day. His jumping was a little bit big and a little bit slow, and I think to, to dive into a triumph hurdle would be just asking um, a little bit too much at this stage. So um, we're more than likely going to uh, look at something else, possibly the Grade Two and Fairy House. Um, entry is obviously possible as well. Which horses would you be happiest with in terms of building towards their their respective targets? Uh, very happy with um, for a porter. My mate Mozzie is another obvious one. Um, like Encanto Bruno for handicap. Um, not sure which one we're going to go for. He's in. He's in all three: Carl Cup County and Martin Pipe. Um, then in the the, the Kimure with Purse for the Galwa. I like the way you're thinking. Or sorry, I know the way you're thinking. Um, they're both possible there. Um, but um, yeah, Mozzie sticks out. Mozzie, really sticks out. And and you you were thinking of sliding Arkle rather than Grand Daniel. Is that still what you're still the way you're leaning? It's another one that, that's hard to decide. Um, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Probably going to have a much smaller field than the Arkle. Um, to be ridden off the pace would be much easier to do in the Arkle. But obviously, the opposition is a lot better um, to do that. Um, in the Grand Annual is you know you need, you're going to need all the luck and running um, but listen you know it's probably if things fell your way it's a more winnable race alright that was Gavin Cromwell uh, who 
is is normally pretty clear and clear cut about where he wants to run these horses and why. Um, I'd say there's probably a difference of opinion here, Jane, by the sounds of it. Uh, I I sort of inferred from that that he's leaning towards the stayers hurdle. Yeah, look, I always felt that unless you got the rider you wanted for Flooring Porter, who's a notoriously difficult ride, he'd end up in the stairs hurdle. Yeah, although he said that wasn't an issue. He said the amateur rider thing wasn't an issue. He said okay. that wasn't the point. I think, I don't know. I He certainly was toying with the National Hunt chase and quite unequivocally a few weeks ago. Now there's much greater uncertainty. Yeah. Um, so, look... I, I I'd like I'd like his chances in the National Hunt Chase um in the stairs hurdle. I just don't see it uh, happening for him. But he has an incredible record around the course. He's won over there around over fences. Um so look, I suppose they're a little bit undecided, so I won't have an opinion on it. But I'd fancy him more on the chase than the hurdle if he was to run. Alright, any other business, Jane, before we move on? Yes, Nick. I um Everybody was focused in on Constitution Hill's poor piece of work, but I want to know the two horses in front of them obviously worked well. I know one was Sergino, the horse that I think is the nap of the British chances at the festival for the triumph. But who was the other horse besides Sergino? Um, I can tell you, my men on the ground tell me that the other horse was Quick Draw. Uh, Quick Draw is uh, owned by Alice Bamford and is a horse who's rated 137 over fences by Getaway, needs good ground and is in the Kim Muir and would slot into the Kim Muir with a with a lovely um, weight and comes into the race in good form. So even though Quick Draw is currently a 25 to 1 shot for the Kip Fultwell and Kim Muir, I suspect he may be a little shorter than that in due course. Noted. Okay, so that is Quick Draw, who was part of that gallop yesterday. Well, the idea that there is a breeze-up sale, if not around the corner, at least in the offing, suggests to me that the weather is about to improve. Let's hope so. Breeze-up sale catalogue is out for Doncaster, uh, for the Goffs UK sale at Doncaster, which takes place on the 24th of April, beginning at 10am, and the breeze is from the 23rd of April at 8.30. Good, strong, robust catalogue. Tim Kent, the Goffs UK Managing Director, is with me now. Tim, how pleased are you by the depth of this year's offering? Uh, morning, Nick. Yeah, we're delighted. Um, we this, this year, our biggest challenge is we've we had over 300 more nominations than we've had in previous years. We've had a very good sale, uh, both in the race, both in the in the sales ring and on the race course uh, the last few years. So the demand has been greater than it's ever been. Uh, so that's been our biggest challenge. Um, we've ended up cataloging 235 horses, but we could have cataloged a whole lot more. Um, we're delighted with the quality of the horses, um, and, and they seem to be going the right way. Vendors are telling us the right thing so far. So it's a it's a very good start. It reads very well, and I think it's it's our record at Royal Ascot that's really really driven it home for us. Um, the, the last few years, we've ensured there's been an eight-week gap between between our sale and Royal Ascot. It's a proven formula. We've had, uh, over the last eight years, we've had nine Royal Ascot winners. Last year, it was Brad Sill winning the Kingstown, but that's a perfect power in our dad before that. Uh, and that eight-week gap has, has really played to our strengths, and, and um, it, it, this, really has, this sale really has become synonymous with success at the Royal Meeting. So it's a great start, and um, the, the catalogue reads really well. 
And in terms of the the type of stallions that we might see offered here, I I just had a very cursory glance, and I was struck by you know, Kingman, Knight of Thunder, Two Darn Hot, a reasonably broad spread of sires as well from from across the across the range. Yeah, there's a broad broad spread of sires, as you said, mainly mainly focusing on speed for obvious reasons. That that's our, that's our niche. Those those um those sprinter milers. Um, but yeah, as you said, you know, Memasses, twenty Memasses. He was a graduate of the Breeze Up system himself. Got eighteen Kodiaks, um, eight Havana Greys, eight showcasing, six Star Sangle banners, number of two darn hot, some exciting first season side, the likes of Earthlight, Pinatubo. Um, but also the. There's some wonderful um, uh, uh, female families as well. We've got a half-sister to, to Lucky Vega by Night of Thunder. We've got a half-brother to um, uh, to Sands of Mali. Um, there's, some, there's some great female families. But more importantly for us, it's the physical. For us at Donkster, it's the physical. And the, the, the inspection team, there's six of us. We've been out and had a look at the horses, and we're all adamant that these are some of the best we've ever seen. And the purchase prices would back that up as well. So, um, yeah, it, 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 everything bodes well. Um, and, and as long as they can continue to progress the right way, then we're, then we're in for a treat on the 24th of April. It is Wednesday, so it is time to take stock of what's happening in the pointing field in partnership with the Pointing Pointers podcast, highly recommended, and our friends at Thoroughbid. Ben Atkins is with us once again. Ben, I'm not sure that I will manage to get this podcast up in time for people to get stuck into the latest Thoroughbid sale, but but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It goes on till noon today, Wednesday, and whether you can get on or not, um, there might be quite a few notable results. Well, exactly, Nick. And if you're a bargain hunter like me, there is always the option to go back on and have a look and, and see what didn't sell and uh, make inquiries, isn't there? So even if this goes out slightly after the deadline, there'll still be some opportunities to be had, I'm sure. Uh, sale includes a, a very nice pointer called uh, Golden Enigma, who uh, was fifth on debut, um, which uh, doesn't quite do it justice. Not far behind at all at Larkin at the weekend, who, um, who importantly qualifies for the five thousand pounds point to rules bonus which uh, thoroughbid are very generously putting up um and if you're not familiar with that scheme do have a look but it's a very good incentive uh, we like we like to monitor the progression of horses who've come from the british point field who are doing well under rules who's at the top of the list this week uh so we've got three that i thought would be worth talking about nick we've got mr van gogh uh, trained by mark bradstock um um who won for chris barber when he's made at horse heath in 2022 uh, beating Santon Blue. Um, he won the Devon National by a country mile at Exeter last week on only his second chase start. Second horse, Diamond Dice, now trained by John Joe O'Neill. Um, lovely diamond boy that uh, held every chance when when falling at the last at um, Iton on Seven Maiden at the end of last season. Um, he went on to sell um, for 50 grand from Station Yard. Has now won on his third start over hurdles after running very well in a listed bumper previously. Um, and at a really uh, pleasing result as well for British Pointing, um, seeing this will be the one trained by Kieran Burke, purchased for only seven and a half grand after being placed in a couple of maidens for GT Racing, uh, Tom and Gina there. And he's now won a really competitive Kempton bumper on his first start for Kieran Burke at 40 to 1. Uh, and so- soundly after time, Clatson, Nick, he was carrying £10 of my money. Uh, I-, I knew that Tom and Gina thought a lot of him and uh, he just didn't quite get the trip. It's yeah, an interesting yeah, let, point. Let, let, let me talk you through this segment, Ben. The idea is that you give mm. us the 40-to-1 winners before they run. 
Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I, I think we have put up a couple of women so far and we'll continue to do so when we know about them. But um, actually, it, I literally saw it just before the off and I thought, crikey, that's a big price. And, and sure enough, he uh, fairly sluiced up. I know there will be a lot of you who are listening to this segment in particular who will want to attend the funeral of Keegan Kirby. And the details are that the funeral will be held on Tuesday, the 5th of March in Ditchit Church in Somerset at 12.15. Now, uh, Keegan's uh, mum, Zoe, and Keegan's family have made a, an unusual request of those who are attending the funeral, Ben. Yes. Um, now, Keegan was a big Bristol Rovers fan. And um, their family would very much like it if people would wear blue and white or their favourite horse racing colours. And, um, yeah, they have, have made mention that um, no flowers, please. But, yeah, it will be a very colourful event and a, and a celebration of a fabulous young man's life, no doubt. Racing at Lark Hill took place last week. Now, we normally associate Lark Hill with pretty classy racing. Did we get it? We saw uh, Grace Avu Enki um winning for the fourth time this season for Nikki Shepherd, who, if anyone doesn't know, is the husband to Matt and uh, mother of Stan, who's going great guns, namely for Tom Lacey, who's another uh, British-pointing jockey graduate. Um, and also we saw uh, Station Yard produce another four-year-old debutant win, um, who was actually carrying an extra five pounds, uh, uh, called Kaiko Rock, um, a, a girl in by Ballingarry, who will join no drama this end from Will Biddick's yard at the festival sale in March. So two very smart prospects just from the last couple of weeks that are going to the, to the big sale after racing at Cheltenham. All right. Transition to hunter chasing Two hunter chases yesterday, as we get closer to the big festival races. Um, yeah. So um, you, you'll have seen on racing TV, uh, the jumping for fun, uh, hunter chase series continues to, to be in the limelight, which is a very good thing. It's a, an incredible story that really um and that that race was won impressively by benny's king who powered to victory um now uh, i was listening to your podcast yesterday nick um and those famous words uh, straight to aintree have come up again um, but, and but and benny's king will go there rather than the the, the Cheltenham fox hunters um now he beat a horse um trained by gordon elliott called hardline who depending on how you read the rules may or may not qualify for the Cheltenham fox hunters um, the rules state that horses have to have had a run before the 27th, uh, and it was the 27th yesterday. Now, they accepted the entry, and he is in betting, but we're yet to find out whether Hardline will actually um, qualify for that race or not. Um, and uh, the maiden hunter chase on the same card, back-to-back, -back, was won by Iskandar Pekos, who's trained by Hannah Roach, who looks a very progressive horse, um, has won three point points, which... Uh, we we did an hour long with Alan Hill, um, just to plug. Uh, Alan Hill's on our podcast last night, and we were just talking about how fiercely competitive British pointing is at the minute. So to to win three point-to-points uh, point is, is no mean feat, um, and, and has transferred that uh, that form uh, in a hunter chase. Um, yeah, unfortunately, ours is coughing, which is a shame. Oh, yeah, big shame. Yeah, my, my um, brother pointed out to Nicky Henderson yesterday. You know, he wasn't the only, <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't the only pebble on the beach. He's trying to get his mare ready for Lockinch on Easter I'm, Monday. I'm sure that I'm sure that was a huge consolation to Nicky at a very well, you know, time. Every horse is important to everybody. Um, well, there's no right. doubt there. Let, let's let's have a word on on Cheltenham then, uh, because we hear a lot about the Irish hunter chasers, but we don't hear an awful lot about the British pointers and hunters who might make it to to the. Uh, hunter chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Are there any that you think are going to lay down a serious challenge that people won't really have heard of yet? Um, well, I'm really 
sad to say that Max Comley's missing out um, with his intended runner, who's had a touch of a leg, having um, won um, at Brocklesby recently. We mentioned him on a previous segment, but um, unfortunately, he won't take his chance. Uh, I think realistically, Nick, um, Premier Magic's probably got the best chance of, of the English. We have got 11 of the 19 entries um, coming from um, this side of the Irish Sea. Um, I noticed last night that um, uh, Clive Bennett, the uh, breeder of Shishkin, who you had on the other week, um, is actually the owner of two horses with entries, Miss Seagreen and uh, Markle Ridge. Now, I don't know about you, but I quite like horses for Cheltenham that have shown a liking for the track. Miss Seagreen at 40 to 1 currently. Hey, you said we would give you a 40 to 1 winner. Good man. Um, Good man. Uh, <laughs> Miss Seagreen is currently 40 to 1 in the betting, has beaten um, C Nominate, who I've got very high regard for. Um, around Cheltenham previously. Look, it was on uh, good ground that day and whether we'll get that or not. Um, certainly, Shark Cannon will be hoping with Hewitt that we do get good ground, but uh, whether we're there on the Friday seems very unlikely, but um, certainly worth keeping an eye on. Um, if she does sneak into the non-runner no bet, I'd quite fancy 40 to 1 for, for a place at this point in time. But um, uh, yeah, there's there's some some very good horses in there. Quintin's man's kind of been brought along to peak for the day, got a very good pilot in Darren Andrews on board. Um, secret investor, of course, Nichols, hugely bullish as ever, as we, is with all his chances, um, may not have won if a Tiger by the Tail had stood up last time um, when they met at uh, Stratford, I won't say, no, Fakenham. Um, but um, yeah, there's, there's some really good horses going. Highway Jewels also in there for Bradley Gibbs, but I can't help feeling that's probably a backup in, in case Premier Magic doesn't make the track. Um and yeah, there's there's some some lurkers in there like the uh, the old the old favourite Shantou flyer who you just never know what you might quite get from. So um, it's going to be a very interesting race, and at this stage, it's quite an exciting one. Ben Atkins there, who is one half of the Pointing Pointers podcast. It really is terrific. It's a great devotion to a brilliant part of the sport. Does that with Sam Davis Thomas. It's out now this week's edition. Pointingpointers.co.uk is your easiest place to go to it. Uh, it is available, of course, on all good podcast platforms as well. Pointing Pointers, the point-to-point podcast with uh, Sam Davis Thomas and Ben Atkins. And now we make the seamless transition to Hong Kong and to the croc. Hong Kong racing is still buzzing after Romantic Warriors' epic win over Voyage Bubble in Sunday's Hong Kong Gold Cup. What a champion Romantic Warrior is proving to be. He's come back from his Cox Plate triumph in Melbourne in October to win the Hong Kong Cup at the big international meeting at Sha Tin in December. Then he's backed up to complete a grand slam of all Hong Kong's Group 1s over 2,000 metres, a mile and a quarter. What's more, he's coped with overseas travel, with racing left-handed for the first time. Unusual for a horse based and trained in Hong Kong since the very start of his racing career. And J-Mac, James McDonald, is his biggest fan and supporter, and he's taken over as his regular partner, and there will be plenty more wins ahead for the combination this season. Another big meeting takes place at Cha Tin this Sunday, uh, the Hong Kong Classic Cup, second leg of the four-year-old Triple Crown, uh, and 1,800 metres is the trip, nine furlongs, and all the derby contenders of note are lining up. 
John Sizer's Star Imports uh, Helios Express and ensued head the list, but another of interest is the David Hayes trained Star Mac, who will be blinkered for the first time, and he ran a sensational trial on the dirt over six furlongs last week, and uh, that gives connections some encouragement with the blinkers on. It's worth £1.3 million, this race, and it will be competitive, as you'd expect, for that type of money. Well, today at Happy Valley, there's nine races and a couple of interesting runners for you. Race six, number two, Super Joy and Fun, a very cheap purchase uh, in uh, New Zealand. I think he went through the ring or was changed hands uh, with, for something like 8000 New Zealand dollars. Well, he certainly put pay to that very cheap price tag. He's come out and blitzed them on his first, uh, first uh, run uh, in a race and he can follow up. Second start this time, uh, race six, number two, Super joy and fun to win for Jerry Chow and for Ben O'Young, the trainer. Later on in race nine, number one, Beauty Infinity, trained by John Size and uh, ridden by Zach Purton. Those of you who follow pedigrees, you'll want to know that uh, Beauty Infinity's granddam is Royal Heroine, who won the Breeders' Cup mile for John Gosden going back to 1984. That's a long time ago, but uh, the, uh, the bloodlines seem to live on through Beauty Infinity, who's a pretty smart type. So race nine, number one Beauty Infinity to beat number three, a, a jumbo legend. That's all on the Hong Kong Beat this week. I'll have more for you next week. OK, thanks to all my guests today. Jane is here with a tip for you. Yeah, and I'm off to the all weather and I'm off to Kempton. There won't be as much drama there today, hopefully. 6.30, there's a maiden over a mile. There's some nice prospects who had one run last year coming out, and I like Suspicion. He's only run. He was third over course and distance as a juvenile, and uh, I think Oshin Murphy and Ali Sangster have every chance of going uh, two places better at the 6.30 at Kempton. All right, Jane, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for listening today. That's all for now. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the racing app in partnership with Fitstairs. <laughs>